The following is a podcast from St. George's Episcopal Church in Arlington, Virginia. We invite you to support the ministries of St. George's Church through a one-time or reoccurring donation. To give, visit our webpage, www.stgeorgeschurch.org. The word saint is spelled in full. St. George's is a vibrant and inclusive community that is committed to loving God, serving others, and changing the world. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. At the Last Supper, when Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. All glory be to the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me begin by saying thank you for having me here to worship with you and for sitting through me preaching, which I hope that all of you do. If you get up and leave, I will know. I am honored. St. George's is a really special place, which many of you already know, and if you don't know it yet, you need only stick around for a short time to find out. I was received here, my children were baptized here, and when I left to go to seminary, St. George's continued to serve as home base for my family, for which we are so grateful. So thank you. And that's enough about me. In the Episcopal pulpit, you get about 10 minutes before you wear your welcome out pretty quick. (laughs) So I'll get down to business. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time for war and a time for peace. And so it goes. The third chapter of Ecclesiastes offers this wisdom on time, particularly as is experienced seasonally as it's shaped and is shaped by our existence and our lived experience. And yet we rarely experience time so simply. Time is complicated. To ask the internet what is time is to open yourself up to somewhat destabilizing discussions about space-time 
and multiverses and theories on the fundamental nature of time, which to my mind at least are utterly confusing. At its simplest, time is what the clock reads. At its most complex, it becomes the stuff of cosmic visioning. At its most confusing, it is non-existent. At least, according to Julian Barber, a British physicist, who makes a claim of time that is as simply stated as it is radical, there is no such thing. And yet, we experience time. We have too much of it, too little of it. We are on borrowed time. We have plenty of time. There was that one time. You say that all the time. Where has the time gone? I am running out of time. It is time. The book of Revelation knows something of time. Situated here on this, the fifth Sunday of Easter, it calls to mind end times. Writ small, it speaks of our end, of yours and of mine. Often read at funerals, it breathes the promise of rest and relief over the body of the dead and speaks to us who mourn. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. At funerals, this speaks to the mystery of God's purposes and our smallness in the face of them. It is good news. As one preacher reflects, God's will is to make God's home with us. And when God is at home with us, there will be no more death, weeping, or suffering. Writ large, this passage speaks of our end collectively, the end. In church speak, we call this the eschaton. For the religious, the final event in the divine plan. For the believing and unbelieving alike, the end of the world. Theologian Barbara Brown Taylor notes that if you want a beatific vision of God's end game for creation, there is no better place to look than the last two chapters of Revelation. The horror of the earlier chapters has passed away, and behold, there is rejoicing. As the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, and all the saints of God make their way to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The end. Whether it's your end or my end or the end of the world, this end is one that we have not yet confronted or encountered. Like so much of what is unknown, it may provoke fear, even as it promises what is good. The end time image of Revelation, of course, is placed alongside our gospel, in it, we are thrust backwards. The Lord is risen indeed. Our alleluias are still well met, and yet we are asked here to recall a moment prior to Jesus' crucifixion. In it, Jesus makes his farewell to his disciples. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. 
These words are sacred, not just because they are spoken by Jesus, but because they are final words, words spoken by someone who is not long for this world. As such, they have a certain sacred economy. There is not enough time for any more words than those that must be spoken. Time is running out. The end is near. Isn't it? Of course it is. The crucifixion awaits. We here know that to be the past. It will be done. And yet it is not the end after all, because Christ's resurrection is the undoing of death, of that which was the end. The resurrection, the event in which the end meets its end. The resurrection, the promise that always we begin again. As if in response to this, our psalm rings out, praise the Lord. All created things praise him. Sun and moon and shining stars praise him. Sea monsters and things lurking in the deep praise him. Wild animals and cattle, creeping things and flying birds praise him. You and me praise him yesterday, today, tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Here is an invitation to a chorus of praise ringing eternal, a joyful beckoning to join all of creation in praising God, creator and redeemer. This invitation awaits all of us. All we need to do is be who we were meant to be. One commentator on this psalm notes that when we lift our voices in praise to God, the name we utter identifies the one whose reality is the deepest truth about the universe and about every life, your life, my life. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. My your end, your end, the end, it is God. This is the reality for all time, for this time. The new heaven and the new earth is simply where God is, where God is with us. See, the home of God is among mortals. God who is both beginning and end, who stands beyond time for the one who is both alpha and omega cannot be held by human limits. Before and after, life and death, Beginning and end, past and future, heaven and earth, these make little sense when held up against the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. To confront this mystery that our end is in God who knows no end is to rejoice, praise him, Praise the one who is both Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The one who in Jesus Christ, our Lord, made his purpose known, that all things would be united to God. The one who created us and who redeemed us. The one who, as Revelation reveals, is making all things new. The one who acted in time to affect all time to the end of time. Let us listen now to sacred words, 
Final words, words spoken by Jesus at a time when he was not long for this world. Let us hear them now in light of the resurrection truth. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Let us live now a love untouched by time, a love that blesses, a love that rejoices, a love that notices God at work in all things. Praise the Lord, who was and who is and who will always be the end of faith as its beginning. Amen.